Today on episode number 77 of the podcast, we're talking about what it's like experiencing sight loss from the perspective of the sighted supporter. What's up, VIPs? Welcome to Life After Sight Loss Radio, the podcast helping you discover life after sight loss. My name is Derek Daniel. I am your host and resident VIP, aka visually impaired person, and I'm joined again by my co-host and my beautiful wife, April. Hello, everyone. All right, so today we're talking about what it's like to experience sight loss from the perspective of you, the sighted supporter. This episode is all about the sighted supporter, the double S. I, that's probably not going to catch on, but that's all right. I like sighted supporter. Let's just stick with that. All right, sighted supporter it is. So we're talking about that from the perspective of the sighted supporter, what it's like, what do you feel, all those sort of things. Of course, as always, we can't talk about every single thing, so I've got some resources for you guys in the show notes, and hun, why don't you tell us where you can find those show notes? You can find the show notes at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 077. Um, there's links, resources, and ways to get connected. So jump on over to lifeaftersightloss.com slash 077 to find those show notes. That's right. So check them all out, and I've got the resources there for you. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into things. Now, I lost my sight when I was 18, and we were dating at the time. We have been dating, mm. actually. What? Yes. <laughs> 18, yes. 18, yes. Is that true? Is that Well, accurate? we were just dating then. It's just a long time ago. And it is a long time ago. It feels like forever, I guess. That's all. <laughs> it does feel like a long time ago, doesn't it? Um, you know, whenever we, we started dating when we were 15, and we were that on again, off again couple, you know, in high school. All him. <laughs> yes, it was. It was all me. I have my own issues to deal with, but that's a whole nother episode <laughs> that we'll talk about. So anyway, uh, we we were dating and I can remember, I don't know if you remember specifically, but I always tell the story how we were driving home from a date and I reached up to like rub my right eye and I saw that spot in the middle of my left eye. Yep. Do you remember that? Or do you just remember I'm, me telling the story? I remember you telling the story. I mean, you didn't say anything at the time because you didn't say anything for a very long time whenever <laughs> that started it wasn't a big deal at no, least i didn't think, didn't it, was think it was a big deal right so uh but you were involved every step of the way so i always tell people you were there pre during and post sight loss uh so i wanted to jump into sort of your journey of sight loss because so often the visually impaired person gets all the attention you know they're the one that's like oh let's feel bad for them and then the sighted supporters like you got to pick up the slack which you kind of do in some regard but you are going through stuff as well. Your life is changing just as much. Sure. So let's go back. Do you remember the first time you really were like, oh, this is like serious or, you know, this is a big deal? Um, I think the first time I realized was I was getting ready to go on vacation with my family and you called me and said, I'm, I can't remember exact words you used, but like, I'm losing my sight. I'm going blind. I can't remember exactly what you said, but they were going to put um, you in like an outpatient facility to just kind of do steroids and try to stop the progression of your um, disease and things like that. And you were you were really scared. And I mean, I think I don't think you actually cried, but I think you were kind no, of like, oh, you did. Okay, <laughs> I remember that phone call. I was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was. Which I'm not a huge crier, and there's nothing wrong with crying, but that's just not one of the ways I vent my right. emotions. Not at all. But in the moment, I can remember that specifically. It's it's funny the things you remember. You know, I remember I was riding uh, back with my parents. This was after the doctor used. I think he used the word. I don't know if he said legally blind or if he was like, some of this site might not come back or I don't right. you know. I knew it was serious. And so I was like calling you like, oh, this is for the bed, you know, and you were like, 
uh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, but I do remember, yeah, going into that outpatient with the steroids. Yeah. So I think that was the kind of the first time that it hit me that this was serious, that there was something, you know, that wasn't going to be fixable or yeah. treatable, I guess is, would be the word. So I ended up not going on vacation with my family because, or, and I just wanted to be with you. Basically, I wanted to be there with you as you went through the treatments. And, um, you know, I was kind of medically inclined at that point, even because I was thinking about going into the medical field anyway. So I was very interested. And at the same time, I wanted to be, you know, that support for you too. Yeah. And, and I think that's just part of the beginning of the journey when you figure out, oh, this is serious because I mean, how many times you go to the doctor, you're like, oh, I got this thing. It's like, oh, it's nothing. And it ends up being nothing. Right. I mean, most of the time I would assume most people do that. But then you go to the doctor and then it is something yeah. and it's like, oh, and so that's the beginning for everybody, whether you're the VIP or the side supporter, you kind of have to have that beginning moment. So let's kind of go into the journey there for a second. What kind of things did you experience a lot of emotional stuff going through? Now, this could be for the whole, you know, 16 yeah. years or whatever, but what kind of emotions were you feeling as, as you and sort of started into that? Initially, I think I, I just... I truly don't remember what I was feeling. I remember thinking, oh, this is going to be nothing. We're going to go through this treatment. It's going to be fine. It's, you know, no big deal. Did you think the treatment would work? Like, did you think, oh, steroids, yeah, that'll... I mean, I assumed the doctors knew what they were doing and that they were doing what was best for you, so... Well, you know what assuming does. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So, um, I mean, I hoped that it was would work. I hoped that you would either regain some of your sight or it would stop the progression at least that, um, you know, you wouldn't be completely blind, but you know, at the same time, I think it's, you know, one of those, Oh, that's never going to happen to me. You know, kind of scenario cases that I didn't think that this was going to be permanent. Um, and I really can't remember that point where we realized that this was going to be permanent and that this was going to affect your life so immensely Mm. Um, because at that point we weren't engaged. We were just dating. So I wasn't really thinking about my life for the future Mm. at that point. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, you know, what about you? But I don't remember that point where I thought, okay, this is, this is serious. Did you think about how it would affect your life after we got engaged more? Is that more when you started going? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, you know, we've always talked about the, the fact that we kind of just rolled into your blindness. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you lost your sight and then, you know, you, you stopped driving. So, and we just figured things out, whether that was getting to work, um, you know, getting home from college on the weekends, things like that. We just figured things out. You know, we were walking down the street and I'd be like, once he ran into a pole. And so then I figured, oh, I better tell him that those are there. So we, we got to figure can, things out. It? Oh, is it a trash can? I think so. Yeah. You're probably right. I, I think I made the comment at the time. I was like, you're a terrible guide dog. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we just kind of figured things out as we went along. You know, I would warn you about curbs or steps or, um, you know, door handles on which side of the door. And we just flowed into that. There wasn't any specific training that we went through. Obviously, there wasn't anything that... Um, was this hard transition, it just kind of flowed well into being a sighted supporter and a VIP. Absolutely. And I think that's probably one of the things that people end up finding out is you sort of just roll into it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not, 
<clears throat> there is a little bit of unnatural stuff because n- nobody really expects to go blind unless it's happened since birth or something. Right. Nobody's like, I'm planning to go blind. So you just kind of have to roll with the punches and kind of roll into it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so what about um, after we got engaged, did you start thinking about all the ways sight loss would affect you or did you just kind of hit it when it came? Like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm going to have to drive. or I, I'm, you know, I think it was I mean. a little bit of both. I mean, I thought about how it was going to be, um, you know, once we had children. Um, I thought about um, things like, you know, transporting kids from here to there, which we've talked about on podcasts before. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I, t- I thought about um, just general house care. Like, you can't go outside and fix the deck or fix the car, which you're not a handy kind of person anyway that's not your forte mm-hmm. but it's not something that you can do hey I've got a click in my car can you go check that out it's not something that you know a VIP can necessarily do now some people out there might do that but that's not a way that you're inclined so thinking about the ways that um, we would just have to adapt and overcome those um, obstacles as they came along was one thing but then also thinking into the future as you know taking care of the kids and things like that that I was like uh there's gonna be a lot of stuff on my shoulders this Mm. is gonna be a little bit more challenging than what I thought it would might be you know when you're a little girl and you imagine having kids later it's you know you want it to be a partnership which we are a partnership but it's just a little bit more on me when it comes to things because of that well and i think the partnership have has changed over the years like absolutely i would say our partnership now obviously doesn't look like when it first started uh you know all those years ago which no. i think is true for any relationship obviously but the way that i've learned to do with it kind of like like with the car for example i still can't fix the car because i just i have no idea what it is even if i could see i'd be like put this in there <laughs> i don't know what it is but for those people that might have that inclination you're not really thinking about fixing a car first. You're you're thinking about how am I going to match my clothes, right? Or how am I going to make this peanut butter sandwich? You know? That's true. So it's yeah. it's kind of those things first, and then later on, you know. So like when we had kids, I was figuring other things out, and then well, you got a kid, you got to figure out how to change a diaper, right? And give them baby food, which was awful. <laughs> I hated giving them baby food; it was terrible. Anyway, that's that's a whole other thing as well. But you mentioned, you know, you're taking on new roles as a society supporter. Mm-hmm. So maybe, you know, you've had uh, somebody in your life that's driven all that time. Well, then you have to drive, right? And now that's some some new role. Now for us, yeah. it's not new because I only drove for a couple of years, mm-hmm. and you drove the rest of the time. But at the same time, when we would go somewhere, when we go on dates or go, you know, wherever we went, you were the one who tend to drive when mm-hmm. we went. It wasn't that I drove everywhere before we before you lost your sight either oh yeah I you still normally drove absolutely and I fall asleep driving so (laughs) it's actually a good thing that Derek could drive most times uh but now he just has to stay in the front seat and keep me awake it's like a cruel joke like you're the one that can drive yet you're falling asleep I fall asleep (laughs) and I'm actually very directionally challenged as well and he can get his directions with no no issues whatsoever. O and M, that's O and M. Which our son, who is thirteen now, he can ride in the front seat, and we're. Like, I'm like, well, yeah. Now you just have to stay awake though, because otherwise, mom will kill us all. So. No. <laughs> um, you know, and and so with sighted supporters, you're going through a lot of adaptation of mm-hmm. things because honestly, nobody really prepares to be a sighted supporter. So you had to figure it out as you go. We didn't know anybody that was blind. 
uh, maybe a couple of people, but again, they were older. No. They weren't living our life, our lifestyle, that sort of thing. So we just had to figure it out as we went along. Mm-hmm. Um, how did the adaptation go? Is it is it a rolling adaptation? Do you have to prepare for it? Do you say, okay, well, we're going to go and do this thing, so here's all the things we have to do? Or, mm-hmm. or is it just like, well, we'll face it when we get there, sort of cross that bridge when we get there? Yeah, I think it's across that bridge when you get there because not always do you think about everything that could be an obstacle or could be a challenge um, in your life in general. So, you know, it's just like we're living life and living life is facing those obstacles when they come. So like learning how to change a diaper or, um, you know, putting a car seat in the car when you can't, you know, you're having to do it all by feel, Mm -hmm. um, things like, uh, cooking dinner because you cook dinner most nights when I'm working. So, you know, learning how to do those things for you and then me being able to prepare everything, like kind of think ahead. Okay. Making sure the groceries are in the house, of course, but then also making sure that, um, you have like, you have everything that you need to prepare sure. the meal. So, because it's not like, Oh, I forgot to buy carrots. You can run out and buy carrots. You can't do that. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's facing each challenge as it comes. Um, and you know, I think we also do think about things in advance. So like when we went hiking last or two falls ago, I think mm-hmm. we went hiking in the woods and, um, again, not something that you enjoy doing, but nonetheless, we kind of talked about how we would, uh, how we would, overcome the challenges that would be because there were streams and there were we knew there'd probably be fallen trees and it was fall so there were leaves all over the trails and things like that so Mm -hmm. you know without me having to guide you with a stick or a leash or something like that (laughs) you know it helped we talked about those things and how we would you know, face them when we came to it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that although that would be fun to pull me by a rope, I think that'd be <laughs> great. Um, so let's talk about some of the emotions that you faced over yeah. the years. Obviously, at first, there's a whole set of emotions. Then you go through them over the years. What are some of the emotions that you faced, or that you've struggled with, or gone through? As you become a sighted supporter. What emotion have I not gone through or struggled with? <laughs> so true. As a sighted supporter. Um, so I think the main one is just kind of putting myself aside. Um, because I feel like sometimes I'm second in a lot of things. Because we have to adapt our lives to your needs. Mm-hmm. And not that that's not important. It is absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I feel like then the sighted supporter becomes, you know, second down the line Mm. because you're the priority and I'm kind of the secondary person because I have sight so I can adapt to my surroundings a lot better. You should be able to adapt. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, I think that's the biggest thing for me is making sure that I am just as important as you are, that I am taking care of myself, that I'm making time to do the things that I want to do, not just do things that you want to do. Um, I'm a person who likes to stay home a lot. I like to just be inside and have quiet time and not be around a lot of people. And Derek's kind of the other way around. So um, I think, you know, you being at home on days where I'm working, you get kind of cooped up and, and stuff and you want to get out and go on the days that I'm working. And like, I've been around people for the last two days and I don't want to be around any more people. I want to stay home. So, you know, just putting it out there that I need some time for myself rather than, you know, doing everything that you need, want to do. If you need to do something, we do it. But if you want to do something, we 
talk about it. That's right. So would you say that makes you angry in some of those moments? Um, frustrated? What's- I think frustrated is the biggest, is the best word, not biggest, is the best word for it because, you know, it's it just like my needs come second and that's frustrating because then I don't always have the time to do everything that I either need to do or want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it is frustrating. And I think frustration comes along with, you know, even things when the kids were little, when our relationship wasn't where it is now, mm-hmm. um, you know, feeling like I was the one, the primary caregiver and having to do everything for them, you know, changing them, bathing them, feeding them, doing all of those things and working full time mm-hmm. and making sure that the house is clean and the laundry's done and the groceries are bought and, you know, just doing all of those things. That was a very frustrating time in my life, I think. Mm-hmm. And now we have grown um, immensely over probably the last four years or so. Yeah, four or five years. And we are splitting a lot more of that responsibility. And of course, the kids are older and they're able to care for themselves a little bit more. Um, So that frustration has definitely decreased. But that frustration was overwhelming at times. Well, especially early on in sight loss, because even though that was the first four or five years of sight loss, which seems like, oh, it's tons of time. Like, you know, it's, it's a huge amount of time. But in reality... I mean, there's no huge amount of time. You're always adapting to things. Yeah, and you also have to remember that things happen, like life happens as you're adapting to sight loss. Mm -hmm. So in that four or five years, you lost your sight. We got engaged. We got married a year and a half later. We had, I was in nursing school. Mm -hmm. We had Noah um, two years after we got married and we bought a house. We bought a car. We, I mean, we did all of these things that you do as a young married couple, Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, we're adapting to sight loss as well. You went and got your guide dog. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we I switched schools. You switched schools. Like all of this stuff happened within really, you lost your sight at 18. Noah was born four years later. Mm-hmm. So within four years, all of that happened. Yeah. So it was just a very overwhelming time for life in general, plus dealing with sight loss as well and adapting to that life. Yeah, and I think that's a great point that life doesn't stop just because of sight loss. Like, you know, school doesn't stop, work doesn't stop, uh, sickness, health, all that stuff, it doesn't stop. Sight loss doesn't care. You know, it's like, eh, sorry, this is what we're doing. (laughs) And so you don't have an opportunity to be like, I'm going to take a six-month sabbatical and just figure out sight loss. It's like, no, you're going to... Doesn't happen that way. You're going to learn this as you go. That's why I think there's no specific time frame to deal with it or right. to you know get on with life or whatever uh, because it doesn't stop and and you have to adapt to it as you go along. Yeah. Hey VIPs, Derek here. I wanted to take just a second to say I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far and if you are and you'd like to take this whole thing to the next level, well I would love to start a coaching relationship with you. Just go to lifeaftersightloss.com/coaching to learn more information and to fill out a form to schedule a session today. And since you listen to this podcast, or maybe you're watching it on YouTube, I've got a promo code for you to use so you can save some money on those coaching sessions. Just use promo code RADIO, that's all caps, R-A-D-I-O. You fill that in, and that's going to save you a bunch on the coaching sessions. So if you want to know more information, go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash coaching. It's going to tell you all the information, going to show you how to fill it out, and all that good stuff. And don't forget, use that promo code, all caps, R-A-D-I-O. 
R-A-D-I-O, radio, which you only find right here on the podcast, and that's going to save you money on coaching sessions. I look forward to connecting with you guys real soon, and now back to the podcast. Um, so obviously there is a bit of anger, frustration. What about facing sadness for your loved one losing sight? Do you, did you have that at all? I don't want to be like, well, you're sad. No. Okay. And I'm going to say no. And I'm going to be a horrible person. No. Like, was there any of that? Yeah. And I don't know how much you've talked about like your college years. Oh yeah. Super depressed. Okay. Yeah. So (laughs) that was really hard for me to see you going through that because you're such an upbeat outgoing optimistic person and to see you kind of reclusive and withdrawn um even I feel like even from me at times you were like that as well Mm -hmm. and that was really hard to see because I was busy with you know what was going on with my schooling and um work I was working then as well um and it was hard for me to see it, but then I would come over to see you and, you know, we saw each other probably at least every other day, yeah. sometimes multiple days in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would just, you wouldn't have showered and you would be yeah. in the same clothes potentially. And yeah. there would be cups and food containers everywhere yeah. because you had eaten, but you weren't cleaning anything up or you weren't taking care of yourself. Right. And that was really sad. And I'd really, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to help you. I didn't mm-hmm. know. Um, you know, what to say or do, because I'm a fixer, um, <laughs> to make you feel better and to help you realize that that this is okay, that we can deal with this and that we're going to do this together and you're not doing it by yourself. Yeah. That was really hard. I think that's a, a great sentiment for sighted supporters is, I don't know what to do to help you. Like, yeah. how do I help you? And, and because then you take on the role of helper and fixer, especially if you are a fixer, like you said, yeah. you take on that role of fixer, like, okay, I got to help you learn this or do this or get out of this funk or whatever. And sometimes there's just not anything to do. Right. I think the best thing to do, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think the best thing to do is just show up and be there every single day, you know, every moment you can be. Uh, sometimes you don't have the answers because sometimes there's not answers, mm-hmm. but just keep showing up yeah. like you did. Well, and being supportive and, you know, doing whatever you can to do what they need. Because sometimes you will say, okay, I really need this right now. And we can do that. It, it, but it it's up to the VIP to give that sighted supporter some, a little bit of something that they can use. Well, yeah. And if, if the VIP has any, any idea at all, like offering that up is really important. Like, this you can do, but when you're in a depression, sometimes you don't have that idea. So, you know, just continuing to show up and yeah. be there. Um, you know, we could talk about this all day and maybe we'll have another episode where we talk more about it because I think it's important to give a real life account of what's going on. But I think one of the most important things to remember about being a sighted supporter is that you have to take care of yourself. You're going through a lot of changes as well, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you're yeah, going absolutely. through a life change, whether you're the parent, the child, the spouse, the sibling, whatever, you're going through changes and your life won't be the same either. So it's important to take care of yourself. So I'm going to ask you for a final thought here in just a couple of minutes. So be thinking about that because mm-hmm. we're going to go on. And I want to ask you guys a question. Uh, what is one thing, if you're a sighted supporter, what is one thing you do to take care of yourself? Now, maybe you don't have an answer to this question and that's why we're asking 
asking this question because you're like, oh, I don't, I don't take care of myself. And if you don't, then you need to. You need to take care of yourself. Maybe you go and get a massage. Maybe you have a spa day. Maybe you go out and work in the garden. Maybe hang out with friends. Maybe you read a book. Who knows what you do? Whatever it is, you need to do that and take care of yourself because your life is changing. And so I want to hear the answer to the question. You can leave it in the comments on the YouTube video. You can email me, uh, social media, all those places. But we want to know the answer to the question. What is one thing you do as a sighted supporter to take care of yourself? All right, dear. So what would you say um, is your sort of just final thought as we wrap this conversation up today? What's one thing you would want to say to those side of supporters out there? I think just what you said, just make sure making sure that you're taking care of yourself. Um, for me, like I said, I like to be alone. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm not around anyone whatsoever, but I like to Um, Just kind of relax and watch a TV show, something that I want to watch rather than something that the kids want to watch. I like to read. I can kind of get lost in a book and just, you know, chill out for a little while, have a breather, um, take some time for myself. I like going to the grocery store by myself as well. So I'm still around people, but I'm by myself. So I can take as much or as little time as I want while I'm at the grocery store and I can just escape into my own thoughts and my own feelings and just be alone basically. So those are the things that kind of help me. Um, I'm sure there are more, I can't think of examples right now, but I just know myself and know that I like to be alone and I like to have as little stimulation as possible from, you know, people who need something from me. (laughs) So So that is what, that is what I tend to do. Yes, absolutely. So find what works for you and then do it and don't, don't feel guilty about taking the time for yourself. Not I, at all. I don't know if you've ever felt that before. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I've felt that a lot. Yeah. Don't feel guilty. If you feel guilty, tell yourself, Derek told me and April told me I didn't have to feel guilty, so I'm not going to now because we are the arbiters of your emotions. There you apparently. go. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, as we're wrapping up this episode today, I want to thank you for listening. I want to remind you that you can subscribe to this crazy stuff we're doing. If you're on YouTube and you're watching this, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and ring the bell so that you'll get notified of new content each week. And if you're listening to the audio version, well, you can subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, all those places. Just go to lifeaftersightloss.com slash 077, which is the show notes, and that'll give you buttons to do that. And as we close out this episode, want to give you a quote, and it's another quote from Henry Ford this week, uh, right? Is that what it is? Yes, yes, that is it. So why don't you give us the quote this week, hon? The quote this week says, coming together is a beginning, keeping together is progress, working together is success. And I really like that quote for the side of supporters because it's the progression of relationship because it's this idea of, you know, you're coming together, you're staying together, but now you're working together. And so that is that progression of like, okay, you figured out sight loss is happening. Now you're going to, okay, you're remaining in it. You're going to stick it out. And then eventually you're working together to figure it out. And that is what real success is all about. Success in your relationship, success in your life and your job, all those sorts of things. Um, does that any comment on that, dear? About no, that? I think that's good. I think you know, success is now we've made it and things are working well. It takes a while to get there, and sometimes you have some hiccups, but you're you're doing well and you're 
functioning. Absolutely. <laughs> I think we just got there a few years ago. So yeah. uh, don't be upset if you think you're not there yet because, and, and maybe in five years we'll be like, we just got here. We, did, <laughs> we didn't know. So, all right, dear. Well, uh, thank you so much for having this conversation with me today. I think it's important that side of supporters know, just like the VIPs, that they are not alone. Yeah. So if you are watching this, if you're listening to this, thank you so much for listening and watching wherever you are. And until next time, remember that sight loss isn't the end. It's just the beginning. My name is Derek. And I'm April. And we'll see you guys in the next one.